Christopher Nolan never has a scene mm. where they're sitting down to talk about something where the cafe doesn't explode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's always wrapped in an interesting scene where mm. you're like, you know, the worst thing is when you're watching the movie and you're like, I'm learning now. Yeah. But I'm, I'm supposed to be entertained. I don't want to be learning. That where happens. he entertains you. Exactly. So you, you're tricked into learning about what's going on. But that's... And he's also teaching you his own bro science yeah. because he doesn't give a shit about the doesn't science of dreams. A, no. I love how he's like, well, this is how dreams work for me. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm jealous of Christopher Nolan's dreams then. Me too. Because he's like, he's like, <laughs> you don't need to know how real dreams work. You need to know how my dreams work. Yeah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 52 of Straight to Series. My name is Connor. And I'm Ian. And uh, this is a special 10-year anniversary straight to series. 10 years later, baby. 10 years later. We haven't been doing this for 10 (laughs) years, but it's a 10 years later episode. Two very significant movies to our childhood. I think so. To your childhood and to my hood. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and now just turned 10 this year. And we thought, hey, this would be good. Let's double down. Let's double down. Let's double team them. Let's double team these movies because it's a light news week, you know? It is very light news week. And uh, yeah. That was sentence must. Good. 100%. And, uh, you know, it's 2020, 10 plus... You know, yeah. it was 2010. That's yeah, a nice, that's a nice time to You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do the 20 year anniversary as well if we're still running. Yeah, yeah, we'll, see. yeah we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So today we're going to review, well, review or just look back on Inception. Yeah. And then Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Hell yeah. And then we're just going to talk about Bill and Ted Tree's trailer. And the new mutants, the first two minutes it of the still movie. Exists. It exists. It I saw. I've seen the first two minutes. And ten years later, we'll actually get the You'll movie. get the movie, yeah. It all ties in, baby. It really does. No, we're going to have the trilogy by then. This is a nostalgic yeah. episode because even New Mutants is nostalgic I at know, this point. yeah. Remember when remember we first movie? heard about it? Remember when that movie didn't come out? Yeah. Like back in 2018? Yeah, remember when we started this podcast and that movie was meant to be coming out? <laughs> Yeah, and then. exactly. Yeah, that was that was cool. When we started this podcast, that movie was supposed to be already out. Already out, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. And we're fifty-two episodes in. I think this is going to be a very nostalgic-heavy episode. You'll probably so. probably get some stories I'm from hyped. us. Yeah, me too. Let's get into it then. So we're yes. going to start with Inception. Inception. Uh, Christopher Nolan's baby. Yeah, baby. We've been speaking about this uh, a lot, talking about Christopher Nolan and as a director. And as a person, as, as a, a family person, man, as a friend, as a friend, yeah, mostly yeah. as a friend, mostly as a friend, he is a very close friend. And yeah, you're call him Chrissy. O- yeah, Chrissy, you're obviously very close with James. Uh, James Gunn. James Gunny. Yeah, Gunny. Jay um, Gunny. Uh, but Chris is a friend of the show, and uh, Chrissy, shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris. He always watches, watches every. All right, Christy, he hates yeah, it when I call him. He Christy. does. He hates, he hates it. it. Yeah, he's, he hates he's it. gonna be on to you later. <laughs> he hates it like he hates digital film. Yeah, him, him and Killer will be coming out later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Inception. It just yeah. turned 10. Just kind of scary 10. that that is 10 years old. Oh, it is crazy. But uh, we were saying that when you look at Christopher Nolan's filmography and someone's like, what is the most Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan film? And what a healthy filmography that is, yeah, by the way. it's pretty amazing. So it's hard to kind of go, what is the quintessential Christopher Nolan movie yeah. that represents his style? Yeah, like you would never recommend A Dark Knight. And we love that movie. Oh, it's... And it could be my favourite of all his movies. Me too. But I'm biased because it's a Batman movie as well. Yeah, of course. Like, it, it has my money already. But that's why it's not a great representation of the style. Yeah. Because it's got those boundaries. It's got those limitations. Because yeah. you have to be somewhat respectful 
It's his source material. Yeah, and yet it feels like he is limitless, which is so crazy. When you watch that movie, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, he he clearly could have done anything. He here. can do what he wants, yeah. and then you're like, he's a genius. And he's a genius. Whereas Zack Snyder does what he wants, and you're like, I don't like this. <laughs> what? what are you doing? Except obviously, Snyder Cut's going to be amazing. But he's anyway, got, yeah, it's going to be excellent. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Rest <laughs> in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, I'm blocking him. Oh, yeah. And for anyone who's listening, uh, we have a Nightwing figurine. Yeah, and a Batgirl figurine. And no doubt she's been shot in the head in Zack Snyder's <laughs> universe. And she... Connor's wearing I, I do. a Nightwing t-shirt. I've been waiting for this for a and very long time. And he is dead in the DCEU. And he's also Connor's favorite character. He is. And Zack Snyder didn't even address it. in. Well, he did address it in the movie. Yeah. Slightly. He addresses it like someone asks you uh, how your ex is doing. It's like, ah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, she's doing fine. Yeah, you know? I guess, yeah. yeah, he's dead. He yeah, died. He was the first one to die. Um, yeah, I think we brought it up on every episode in the last, like, <laughs> no, last ever since the Snyder Cuts come I up. just love throwing salt in your wound. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we were thinking Inception mm-hmm. is the best representation it's, of Christopher Nolan it's gotta and his be. style. Because Interstellar, you know, for everything it does, I suppose it's it's a Christopher it's very Christopher Nolan it's but Inception in space to yeah, a degree you know the way and it has the whole time thing yeah a planet like the time moves differently yeah. per planet and all like that we're gonna spoil a number of movies in this especially Inception they, and if Scott Pilgrim if you haven't seen it your life has no currency to you, me you, and the same as Scott Pilgrim versus the world exactly. and we can't be friends yeah exactly and you're what's wrong with the world today you are 100% yeah. you and it's all, a movie podcast you I and all the rest this. of people yeah. you know uh, but you know it's 10 years so you should have seen it by now that's that's our rule for this episode <laughs> yeah definitely but but uh, yeah, we're like it is probably the most quintessential Christopher Nolan film. You know, it's uh, yeah, because it's all star cast. But when you're saying like Batman, oh, yeah. like Batman, Batman is a comic book movie, count. and Dunkirk can't like it's a great movie. It's a war movie though. But it's a war movie. Yeah. So he's restricted by yeah. historical facts. And Memento, <laughs> I think, is restricted by budget. Ooh, Insomnia. Insomnia as well. Make that Prestige. He's well. getting there. He's getting there. It's Forty not a, million it's, budget. It's not a proven formula yet. But Inception is like you. Here's the reins. Yeah. You well, know, or he's taken off the leash, and you go run wild. And how long was he writing it for? Only eight years. Only eight years. Now he wasn't sitting at a desk for eight years. He was making other movies, but he was picking at it for eight years. Yeah. And one of the reasons why he got funding because at the time, ten years ago, two thousand and ten, mm. this movie cost one hundred and sixty million. Yeah. It was an original movie. Mm. No movie gets one hundred and sixty million. No. By the way, Tenet yeah. got a two hundred and five million budget. Show me another original movie getting a two hundred and five million budget right now. There isn't one. There isn't one. There actually isn't <laughs> no, one because really it's Christopher Nolan and yeah. that's what he does. It's an event. When Every movie he makes is an event movie. Yeah, you know because he doesn't shoot on digital. Because it's Christopher Nolan and yeah. he's making a movie. But it's the same way where he was just chipping away at the script, maybe f- like finalizing things and figuring it out. Same way I'm just chipping away at writing stand-up and eventually, hopefully by 2030, yeah. I will have done it eventually. <laughs> same thing for me, but with life in general. <laughs> You're I'm just, just picking ch- away. Picking away at life. Yeah, it's going to get better soon. One day, one day yeah. eventually. One we'll, more hammer curl. It'll all have come it all together. Click. Yeah, exactly. I've seen your progress picks. There's only a few more hammer curls left oh, until you're. Oh, baby. Yeah. Then I'm a better person. Uh, yeah. Does that mean people respect me then? 100%. Yes. No. God damn it. <laughs> people, damn. Are, people are more Build jealous of you. Tear me down. People are more jealous of you. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'll take that. No, 100%. And, but, but that yeah. breeds resentment. Yeah. Jealousy breeds oh, resentment. Oh, I don't mind that, though. Resentment I don't mind that. leads to hate. Yeah. Hate leads to suffering. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, but Inception is the Christopher Nolan movie. I think yeah. it's the best representation of his body of work mm-hmm. or his style. And also, Tenet looks like a spiritual sequel. Kind of does. But, you know, it, it has everything. It's Hans Zimmer scoring. It's an all-star cast. 
it's he's working with his cinematographer what's the name wally fister wally fister and he worked with him with like how many movies wally like? fister harder wally fister harder <laughs> wally fister harding yeah yeah and um, so yeah wally fister that was i think he's worked with him seven times altogether. he yeah. did the whole dark knight trilogy with him mm-hmm. before wally fister went off to be an unsuccessful director yeah, yeah. well listen. he made transcendence yeah, okay it's a okay. bad movie it but is, with killian yeah. murphy i felt he like worked I, with killian murphy many yeah, times exactly i felt like i got a fister when i watched that movie yeah i like it i nice, like it nice um, but yeah, it's like the, the most. Yeah, it's okay. It's high concept. It's a thriller. Super high concept, high budget, high budget, great thriller. acting. Yeah, uh, an intellectual thriller. As totally. I was thinking, I think that's his brand. Yeah, to I an mean, extent. Like, look at Tenet. Yeah, I intellectual know. thriller. Intellectual thriller. We're kind of jumping all over the place with this, but I think it's going to be very free flow when we talk about this sure. movie. We should mention that during that writing process, he had a bit of help from everyone and different inputs well Leonardo DiCaprio supposedly came in after by the way other people turned down the role mm-hmm. Brad Pitt turned down the role Will Smith and Will Smith or at yeah. least they were in mind at mm. one point and that affected casting yeah because they were much older than Leonardo DiCaprio they're both almost well I know Brad Pitt's around 10 years older mm. and I'd say and looks about 50 years younger I know it's, it's stupid it's yeah. actually stupid fuck you Brad Pitt but yeah. I love you um, and Will Smith's what around 6 or 7 years older I'd yeah, say than like Leonardo DiCaprio so once they decided Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be the man mm-hmm. the team had to be younger then yeah. just so it, uh, it made it more convincible that like hey this this guy can lead the team he has mm. to be a bit older you know he has to have more more of an edge and a story to him so that's why Tom yeah. Hardy's a bit younger yeah uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Gordon Ellen Page yeah. you yeah. know um, who's the Indian actor Killian Murphy even Killian Murphy's quite who's the Indian actor in it I've never I don't even know his Yusuf, name that guy yeah Yusuf, the guy who plays Yusuf the the medicine the man drug lord. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the Indian drug lord um, I'll get his name up now yeah um He's like the one I always forget in the team, which is terrible to say. You know, Dilip Rao. Dilip Rao. It's just because he's See, like... There's a name there. Dilip Rao? 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 Dilip Rao? Yeah. Dilip Rao. He's good. He's likable, but like he's he's easily the most forgettable of the crew, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, but like but he's, 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 he's in the first he's part. He's a good van driver. Oh, totally. He's a fucking savage van yeah. driver. So yeah, so Leo then came in and he actually helped make it more of a digestible movie because I can imagine Christopher Nolan just having all these images on the wall yeah. and this crazy Bible, yeah. you know, of like, this is how dreams work in yeah. my movie. And he's like, I get it. Yeah, and, but and Leo's like, no one else gets it. Yeah, and let's make it a blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, supposedly he spent around two months on and off Christopher Nolan and mm. Leonardo DiCaprio and Leonardo DiCaprio just kind of helped make yeah. it the movie that it is it's digestible digestible ac- it's the accessibility to and it and it's still not digestible to some people yeah I mean a lot of the criticism levied at this movie is that it explains too much and it's incomprehensible at some points which I disagree with but you I know. disagree with but I understand I at totally the same understand time. Like, the first time I watched this movie I was like okay yeah. Okay, I understand it to a certain extent, but yeah. at the same time, there's definitely the nuances, yeah. there's finer details that I don't fully understand, but yeah. they're, the, they're the details that you don't necessarily need to understand to mm. enjoy the movie. It's like, I really enjoy this movie, but boy, oh boy, it feels like work sometimes, where yeah. you're like, I'm studying this and I need to understand it to move on. And but you appreciate that. You know, oh, that, totally. It's done, that's, it's that type of movie, but done well. Yeah, exactly. You know, where there's other movies where you're like, uh, do like I eat? That. I don't even care. Yeah, don't even care why. What's what explanation do you have? Don't give a fuck. I have to work for this. No thanks. Yeah, no thanks. But uh, it makes sense why Leo would come in and help write those bits because his job in the movie is to explain to Alan Page, who is there to be explained to, really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, 
But at the same time, it's not one of those movies that just explains things. You know, the concept is, we never explained the concept of Inception, but everyone knows, has heard Good of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it is basically, people can go into dreams and they can steal things from the dreams, like important pieces it's of information. It's a bunch of lazy guys that are just yeah. sleeping on the job Sleeping all the on time. the job, yeah. Going into people's Head minds. full of dreams. Stealing stuff. And there is this concept called Inception where you put an idea in someone's mind and it takes hold and it becomes reality, yeah, but basically. But it's supposed to be almost impossible. It's almost impossible to do. Because people are very aware that it's not their idea, yeah. even in a dream. Yeah, so you have to make sure that they feel like it's their idea. You got to wrap it up in a really good setting so, and a good piece, like yeah. a piece of work. That so, Yeah, go on, sorry. No, 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 no. So that they, they don't see through it, basically. Yeah. So Leonardo DiCaprio is charged with putting together like a heist team to put something in a vault. Yeah, it's the a, Dream Bandits. Yeah, Dream Bandits. The Dream Bandits. And it's a reverse heist, reverse movie. heist movie. So they're putting that block of gold into yeah. the safe. They're sneaking yeah. in to add more money mm. to it. But he needs... Would it be called Outside Man then? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I don't know if that even works. Yeah, it does. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, but this is not a Spike Lee movie. <laughs> it is a Christopher Nolan movie. Um... There'll but be that, a moment where Leonardo DiCaprio's on a, a treadmill. On a treadmill, yeah, yeah just going baby. through. And that's how he goes deeper into the dream, because you see his eyes closed, and then he wakes up yes. in the next part of the dream. Yes, I love so it. I could be Spike Lee. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, but that's why he, he ends up recruiting Ellen Page, and she is meant to be the architect. The architect. So this designs Designs the, dream. the dreams. And I wrote here... I had this little rant, Ian, when I was watching that Ellen Page is a better version of Siri from Black Panther. So if you know the show, I always have a problem with Siri as a character because they're like, she's smarter than everyone. And then she is smarter than everyone, which is inherently fine, but she never struggles. No, not even that she doesn't struggle. Yeah. But the characters that we've grown to love yeah. over 10 years, she, she makes fun of. She makes fun and dismisses. And I'm like, I don't enjoy it. And it's not Letitia Wright's. Uh, fault. No, it's the writing. It's the like, writing it, of the character. It's a, you don't need to be like, "Hey, Bruce Banner, you knucklehead! Yeah. You didn't think of this." Yeah. And, uh, uh, hello, McFly. <laughs> hello. That's basically. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, it's it's Iron Man you're talking to. It's it, Tony Stark. Don't dismiss him. Exactly. But in this movie, she is introduced as being better than Cobb, which at, is at designing at, the dreams designing, as an architect, designing dreams. But they go through a process of her having to learn and her not being so good, and him having to show her, and her never being condescending. No. If anything, she tries to help Cobb. She tries to help which is you know it's, and it's she's just, the only one who really knows what's going on exactly. with Cobb as well and Maul and you end up liking her yeah, which is what so it I just when I was watching this movie I was like this is something that's lacking for that character and if they could make her more like this you know it goes a long way for example in Infinity War if Bruce Banner had corrected her instead of her correcting him that makes 10 times more sense and it's far more endearing for her character or they work together well they just work together they work together she can still know a little bit more yeah okay yeah. but they can work together yeah don't make fun of the characters that we love she says something like he's like um, he's like uh, but we can't program the synapses to work and she's like, do you ever think of the color red? Yeah, he's like, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. it's like, we but we can't make them the color blue. She's like, so we're going to make them the color red then, aren't we, idiots? Like, oh, sure, and he's no, like, oh, man, no, I didn't know we could do that. My mind is blowing. I don't yeah. know what's going on yeah. now. Oh, turn into Hulk now. I'm an idiot. I'm going to watch an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But you, you know what you're saying about it explains too much? Yeah. I was saying to you, this is the movie that I know a lot of criticism is that it just takes... The whole movie is just it's explaining itself, yeah. but it's never dull. No. It's always interesting. Like Christopher Nolan never has a scene mm. where they're sitting down to talk about something where the cafe doesn't explode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like It's always wrapped in an interesting scene where mm. you're like... You know, the worst thing is when you're watching the movie and you're like, I'm learning now. Yeah. But I'm, I'm supposed to be entertained. I don't want to be learning. That where happens. He entertains you. Exactly. So you, you're tricked into learning about what's going on. But that's... And he's also teaching you his own bro science. Yeah. Because he doesn't give a shit about the doesn't science of dreams. A, no. I love how he's like, well, this is how dreams work for me. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm jealous of Christopher Nolan's dreams then. Me too. Because he's like, he's like, <laughs> you don't need to know how real dreams work. You need to know how my dreams work. Yeah. It's like, okay. Also, that's another... Funny enough, we brought up Spike Lee. He doesn't trick you into learning history he just shows you history and he's like this is the point in the movie where we're gonna learn like in Black Klansman you know yes. and you know that Christopher Nolan said that this whole movie could be a metaphor for filmmaking yeah exactly because it's his own dream that he's projecting for people to watch yeah so you're a part of his dream so mm. when you're an audience member you're, you're a part of his dream but that's why it plays into the fact that all their roles reflect filmmaking yeah roles. they kind of reflect the uh, crew members yeah almost. you you yeah. were telling me about this and my this mind was blown cool. when this I heard is so about cool. this and it makes so much sense so Sorry. Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. is the director of course of course yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt he's the guy running the squad we should yeah, say yeah yeah Cobb Cobb uh, Dom Cobb terrible name those two names work together yeah so I just like Dom like there's, there's like it's like Hebrew or something like that for like dreamer or something like that the, the two words have different meanings because that sounds great on paper but when you think about Dom terrible Cobb. Dom Cobb Dom Cobb Dominic Cobb Dom Cobb yeah Dom Cobb Dom Cobb uh, it's, an, it's a, it's a yeah. bad name but Cobb is a cool name Cobb's cool name with two B's yeah you know, so yeah, so Cobb is the director. Mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is the producer. As Ellen, Arthur, as Arthur, Arthur yeah. yeah. Ellen Page is the production designer because she's the architect. She's designing everything. Yeah. Tom Hardy is the actor because he's the forger. Yes, he's he, a trickster. Basically, his ability in dreams is to play different people's roles because he inhabits their. Yeah. He can, he can learn from the outside world and then make himself that character in a and dream. He's a sexy, charming man. In this. He's very charming. Is he gay? Is he not gay? I think he he swings both ways. I think he walks. On both sides of the street, he and does. I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, me too. Kimmy Murphy yeah. is the audience because yeah. he's a, it's his kind of it's all for him. Yeah, it's all for him. And then in the end, I loved that this. I never thought of this, but Ken Wantanabe, and yeah. I hope that's how you say his name. Yeah, he's the studio because he's funding the whole Funds thing, the whole thing, the whole project. He's funding like the studio, and the director has to convince him in the end that the vision was worth it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's excellent. Me I too. actually love that, and I love the audience that. Uh, the director is inciting an emotional reaction from the audience thereby in Killian Murphy yes. the whole idea is to get him to have this emotional connection this beat so that he will change his ways in real life basically and also you know it's forget, forget about your reality yeah, let's, exactly. let's go into this dreamland for a minute well this is what I wrote down because I took a few notes when I was watching this because it's such a dense movie and I knew we were going to talk about it so I was like I want to make a few notes to remember things Um this gives you so much genuine catharsis for like real life traumas and events for the different characters where but it's also mixed in with the fake because Killian Murphy's isn't real catharsis it isn't real it's, a di- it's written by them but it's ultra resonating totally like, it's, it's the most beautiful scene yeah. I would I would argue that Cobb seeing his children at the end and his children at the end is not as beautiful as a scene where Killian Murphy opens up that safe yeah. and he sees that paper windmill yeah. and he cries yeah. and 
Killian Murphy is an excellent actor. Killian Murphy is an excellent actor. He's top, top, top list. Apparently, he got his pick of role in this movie. That's crazy. Like, obviously, Christopher Nolan wasn't like, you can play anybody. But he was like, of the secondary... Like... He's like anyone but not cop pretty he's like, much I'd say uh, or Maul Le- Leo's cast <laughs> they want to play Maul yeah Leo. he's like Leo's been cast so you know you can pick whoever you want and he's like oh I want to be this guy and apparently he's he, perfect for it he he's really liked the actor who was playing his father I can't think of the actor he's an Irish man isn't he he, he is. only passed away a few years he ago he did um, but Killian Murphy says he was kind of an inspiration for him growing up so it was nice they got to have that such an emotional scene together Peter Postlewaith as Maurice Fisher Robert's father because he's Robert Fisher his character is Robert Fisher Um, sorry you were saying but basically the whole thing that I wrote is they give you both fake catharsis and genuine catharsis for like real things like we discover that Cobb is the reason that his wife committed suicide in real life and everything that's that's a that's dark it's dark so dark and you understand why he did it totally because he wanted to wake up yeah basically they but this isn't the whole thing about Inception is that seed if you can convince someone that's their own idea it can it can spread like wildfire you know that way she's like you can be obsessed with it it mm -hmm. just grows and it fills your mind and you're consumed by it and that's what happened but that's why but that's why he's reluctant to do it reluctant to do it and also he's like he prefers positives as opposed to negatives because he introduced a negative thought in here what if this Mm -hmm. isn't real and there and that destroyed them destroyed her as a person but also reluctant to do it in general but also he knows he knows he knows it can be done and it's his only way to get back to his family um but it's 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 christopher nolan sort of saying you know our dream dream this is all fake so therefore is the catharsis fake well no dreams are just as important it's important Mm -hmm. that these moments are happening they just happen to be happening in a world that isn't real and I just love that that he's like no it's very important that you follow your dreams and everything and that you can find genuine moments of understanding and everything in them and it's like a very powerful message that I was I didn't really think about before it's only when I I've loved this movie and it's great and there's so many scenes in it that I love but when you sit down and think about it because we were going to talk about it, I was like, this is what was coming to my head. And do you feel like, I don't mean to sound condescending, but mm. you need to be a certain age to fully understand yeah, this movie? Yeah, I agree, yeah. You can't be it's like... It's so deep. It's, like, yeah. There's literal layers. Like, there's literal layers. There's, what, five levels to it. Also, they kind of re- resemble video game levels. I love yeah. that as well, especially when you hit the snowy... I know, the yeah. Snowy Alps. Like, you're we're like, in the oh, snow level, yeah. Should we say who... Well, well, well what that oh. level was inspired by? The, a, a movie that we've been celebrating for yeah. a while now the movie that couldn't even make Bond gay on Her Majesty's Secret Service yep yeah. that's what inspired the Snowy Alps um, level of the dreams I will say a far better ski chase than, uh, than that is in on Her Majesty's Secret Service but when you point it out I totally see the inspiration and Christopher Nolan is a huge James Bond fan and yeah. has said that he would be willing to direct a James Bond movie as long as he was given free reign to begin again which means maybe the next one. Maybe. Well, we said, well, at least I definitely feel like I don't want him restricted no, to a James Bond franchise because there's only so much he can do. And I, I'm i afraid Christopher Nolan almost could ruin it in a way as well. Yeah. Because if he's doing, he's coming from the ground level, you know, he's doing the pilot episode. Yeah. I know it's going to be so different. I know. But let's just let him make Tenet type yeah. movies and Inception type movies. Yeah. I just want to see him and his brother like write some fantastical movie rather than yeah. being confined to the and and the studios are so protective of something like James Bond oh man it's, it's a big deal there's not many IPs like that around you no. know that way maybe Rocky but even still like that's kind of been yeah 
not diluted or anything because Creed are amazing movies, but you know what I mean. Like, it was a franchise that was tough to let go of, you know? Big time. And also, it's Stallone, and he kind of ruins every franchise. He does. You know, he that way. runs he, his franchise yeah. into the it's ground. Like, we should do another Rambo. No, you shouldn't have done the last two. We should do Expendables again, but not make it R-rated. That's so weird, isn't it? It's like, we're going to do a movie that's just like an 80s action movie, but we're going to make it PG-13 yeah. so that everyone can come see it. And that was the third one, it. and it failed. And yeah. they're making a fourth one anyway. They're developing it. I know. Anyway, back to Inception. Inception. Um, I wanted to say that the the film score mm. is absolutely amazing. Breathtaking. Could be... Ha- see, Han- I was going to say it could be Hans Zimmer's best film score, but he's got too many great ones. Yeah. He's he- got too many... Interstellar, I actually prefer the music. Than the film. I think we agreed on this before. We kind of discovered that we were like, yeah, I think Interstellar has a better soundtrack than it does a movie. And by the way, we both went to see Hans yeah. Zimmer live. We didn't even know each other. No, before and we, were at we the, knew we each other. We think we were at the same gig. I'm convinced. It was the same year. It could yeah. have been like a different show. Yeah. You know, either Three one arena. day after another. But either way, mm. we both went to see him. And it could have been the same night, which I you think is amazing. You knocked over Batgirl. I'm sorry. It's okay. She's a grappling hook. She'll I'm get sure back she up. She can't even walk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, has to be nice. she has to be helped up. Yeah, she does by Dick Grayson. Um Um what I was going to say though is the Smith's guitarist plays the guitar yeah. in the film score, which I just think is excellent. And you ever if you've heard Hans Zimmer talk about it, he's like once he came in, I cannot do accents by the way, so now he's almost Japanese. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he said like Ken Watanabe talking. Yeah, I think it is. But once the Smith's guitar start playing, he was like, Oh, that's who I'm composing for. Yeah. God, Hans Zimmer, you amazing German man. He's such a he loves He's such a German man. He is, but he loves music as well. And he loves music. He's adorable. It's like he's a composer, but he loves the Smiths. It's like And also yeah. if you watch him live, he wants to be a rock. Star. He so wants to be a rock star. I love that. I love that. Junkie XL is the same, but now he came from doing gigs and yeah, all like that. Know, anyway, also in his name, like yeah. Hans Zimmer is such a respected name, but like he comes, he, it's he, a we, dynasty. We, At this point, it's a film scoring dynasty. Oh, totally. To have his name attached to a movie. And when you see a Christopher Nolan film, you're like, so Hans is doing it, obviously, because that's going to be amazing. But uh, we watched him perform Time. That's the one of the main Time. Themes that's from this. the main main one, right Which, at the end when everything's crumbling and they're. Yeah. They're, what, what did he call it when they're limbo oh the kick the kick there yeah, we go I when all it. the kicks are going down the lines yeah, yeah time is playing time glorious piece of film four scoring. notes as you pointed out to well, me well I think it's maybe, it's, it's like around. four chords four chords I think there's maybe not four chords but maybe like six okay but it's mainly just the same chords rotated yeah rotating over and over again mm. which is so not what film scoring is no. usually it constantly changes it modulates mm. and modulates again it modulates in different ways yeah. the motif will play but it will be played oh this time it's a cello mm. oh this time it's a trumpet mm-hmm. oh this time the motif has a little different note in there this, and like time, that. Where this, this is just like building yeah. it's the same chords it's just building and building and it's so simplistic when it comes yeah. to film scoring and it's glorious it is and in the live version we watched Hans Zimmer comes out playing the electric guitar playing a more complicated version of course because he's a rock star because he wants to be a rock star <laughs> and of course because the Smiths guitarist played it so he's like oh I'm a rock star too yeah. I have a few bits of trivia work if you away, don't mind man. me work jumping away. Listen, in listen this, this, this podcast is just going to be a celebration so we're just going to throw course, lots of stuff of out there um, I wanted to say that Marion Cotillard is that yeah. how you say her name? I think you say sexy when you do the French accent. Marianne Cotillard. <laughs> I don't think there that's There we right. go. What's crazy is she played Edith Piaf yeah. in La Vienne Rose and mm-hmm. won an Oscar in 2007. Yeah. Funny enough, that's the song, the No Regrets yeah. song. That's Non Riviere. That's used throughout the whole film. Yeah. Like just three years beforehand, 
she won the Oscar for it's playing cool. that it's so cool. woman. It's, it's what they use to cue the kick. So because when yeah. you play it in their ears, they can, can hear it. You can hear it. And I love, I love when it gets so deep. Tom Hardy has this great line where they're like four, they're like four layers deep at this stage, and he's like, "Do you hear that? I thought it was just the wind twenty minutes ago, but it's actually the song." And I'm like, "Yeah, because it's so cool. slowed down, yeah. you can barely make out the notes." Yeah, and I just think it's such a cool thing that Marion Cotillard actually played yeah. the woman who uh, who sang that song. Yeah, and she's also the first uh, actress or actor in general to win an Oscar for a French language movie, which I just mm. think is cool. It's great. And she's married to Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie yeah. who also has an Oscar like what a film dynasty like what a family right there also how many Oscars should Leonardo DiCaprio have won let's 15. be honest yeah he should win one for every performance mm-hmm. also what I noticed in this movie is I think this is the sexiest Leonardo DiCaprio there is I think you're right once he has the leather gloves on for me which is at the start of the right movie, at isn't the start it? yeah I'm like damn he's in Leo. the tux he's in damn the... yeah because you know what's eating Gilbert Grape this guy this guy <laughs> Nom 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 nom. Turn into a ball hog for Gilbert Gray. I actually like that one. Yeah, that was good. Uh, put that on a t-shirt. Um, this guy. Yeah, he's a sexy just man. Just your face going. Yeah. I'm eating Gilbert well, Gray. Yeah, exactly. Well, rever- fast forward to the Revenant. You're like, Jesus, he's a haggard motherfucker yeah. now. No, but if you look at it, it's like he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's in good shape. And he's like, you know, it's the it's hair slick back. yes, hair slick back. Oh, I just smashed the mic. But beautiful, beautiful suits, beautiful suits, and the simplistic suit. It's the black and the white. Yeah, and he's in his thirties as well, so it's like peak time. I think as he's well. around thirty-five. Yeah, making this as well. So that that's peak. People would say Wolf of Wall Street, but I would argue he's got jet black hair. He's playing a character. Can't be him, you know. Yeah, it's he, just he's funny in that. He that's is the difference. He's but no, I agree. Inception is peak Leo. Yeah, peak Leo. He's a charisma magnet in uh, Wolf of Wall Wolf Street, of Wall though, Street, yeah. which can blind you. But in this, he's he's great as well. In this, of course, he's what, great in everything. I, I I this movie has like one of the scariest suicides I've ever screen, seen on screen, which is when Mal kills herself. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I oh, love it. Gets it gets me. It gets me so bad. It's terrifying. It is she's terrifying. there and then she's gone, and it. Oh. And it's because she's so intense. Yeah. She is an amazing actress. She's killing it in this role. <laughs> you, you know, she really, she really uh, embodies that bitches be crazy kind of <laughs> sentiment. Yeah. But now it's his mind. And yeah. It's what he envisions because, of course, last time you seen her, yeah. she was destroying their family, committing suicide, and she was psychotic by the end of it. But even he says, and it's because it, of him. Yeah. Well, even he says it's not her that he's seeing he's forgotten what she's like this is his guilt manifested in this yeah, vicious of version of his wife but also when guys say bitches be crazy mm. the next question usually is but what did you do what did <laughs> you, you know? do exactly. that's the question for Leo right there it's like when you watch Gone Girl and then it's like oh man this bitch is crazy and then you realise oh well what what you do oh you just cheated on her oh yeah. that's not actually as bad yeah, as yeah, what she's doing as as she's fucking doing. crazy yeah she's crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly Rosamund Pike though She'd be crazy all over my face if she wants to. <laughs> Hell yeah, while you're eating Gilbert Grape. <laughs> Hello. And um, now it's a party. I also had some some box office trivia. Oh, uh, your favourite. And my favourite. I love hearing you talk about box oh, office trivia. Let me you haven't got to do it in so long. Box That's office has been closed. I've been, I've been jonesing for yeah. a bit of box office. Give me some box office. So, of course, this movie cost $160 million to make. Mm-hmm. And we were making the big deal about how, hey, Warner Brothers or any film studio don't really give films that are wholly original that sort of budget especially 10 years ago mm. also this film was marketed to death it was all over the place yeah. so easily 320 by the end of it with but the marketing this, right? yeah so their investments paid off so much that it was the highest grossing original movie of that year 
Oh. So isn't that so cool? Yeah. So it definitely paid off. And also, it was... I, I want to I wanna just make sure this is correct. I think it was the fourth highest grossing movie of 2010. And now we relate that to Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Yeah. Which is on the other end of the spectrum. Not quality-wise. Mm. No. But uh, box office revenue-wise. Yeah. It got right destroyed. The, it was a bona fide bomb. It was a bomb, which is awful to hear because... Yeah, it, fourth. So if you... Okay, this I think this is fantastic and it just shows how it pays off to fund a high-budget Christopher Nolan original yeah. movie. So it's the fourth, the fourth highest grossing movie of the year and the fourth highest grossing original movie of the year. For, and number one is Toy Story 3. And number two is Alice in Wonderland, which was also like the first live-action Disney remake, and it was like the second bit, um, 3D movie to come out, the first one after Avatar. And Tim Burton. And Tim Burton yeah. and Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp at his height yeah. of fame. And then the third one is the second last Harry Potter, which I went to see in the cinema. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. And then it's Inception. Yeah. And even if you look at the top 10, you've got Iron Man 2 in there. You've got How to Train Your Dragon. Now, it's the first one, but it's an adaption of a book. Well, and it's also a children's movie. I mean, it's you got all... the fourth Shrek. You've got uh, what, the, second the second Iron Man. Yeah, and Twilight. I don't know if that's the second. Twilight Eclipse. I don't know if that's is like that the last the... one. I don't think so. Is or that is like New Dawn or New Dawn, Breaking Dawn? Dawn? Uh, I think it's the Dong, second one. Dong of I think it's like the second one. But either okay. way, the only original movies in the top 10 of that year is Inception, Tangled. Tangled. Kind of, but that's Rapunzel. It's Rapunzel and it's also got the Disney princess vibe about it. You know that way? So like it's it's a thing. And it's already a thing. Zachary Levi. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Despicable Me. Yeah. The first one, but also it's a kid's movie. That first one is really good. It's very fun. Yeah, it goes down the drain pretty quickly. Ah, yeah. But, yeah. you know... I like that first Either one. way, I just love how it shows... Just how inf- great Inception is. Yeah, and how well it actually... It actually did well in the box office. Mm. And it's just funny when you compare the quality to its success, box office-wise. Yeah. It's perfect. Where you go to Scott Pilgrim versus oh, The World. Man. Quality, as high as they come. Yeah. And box office, so damn low that it didn't even... It didn't even break even without marketing added in. Oh, man. It's it's a real tragedy what happens mm-hmm. to that. But we'll get into this later. So I just thought that was an interesting fact. That's awesome. That's such a good... That's such a great snapshot of a box office you know also no wonder Christopher Nolan has such big dick energy and is like you're putting my movie out in a cinema because my movie's destroying cinemas Uh, and let me uh, create my own trailers and let me create my own marketing campaign let me do my own thing you know what and how about you sit the fuck down Warner Brothers I got the reins yeah I love that everyone's like the studio involvement always ruins movie whereas Christopher Nolan's like studio just gives me money and I do whatever I want studio you mean my best friend Yeah. that gives me whatever the fuck I want they're not his best friend they're his bitch yeah Yeah. true true the the thirsty girlfriend yeah exactly Yeah. we're gonna release Tenet oh by the way Tenet like stricken from the release calendar I know yeah it's off the release calendar and I fully understand why Warner Brothers are not releasing it because of 205 million budget plus over 200 million marketing yeah. so they're fully invested in it so you kind of have to you gotta you gotta give them props for even you know, spending that sort of money on it in the first place but then you look at these numbers and you're like totally makes sense it makes sense it yeah. really does so uh, yeah that was my bit of trivia that I just I just liked that it paid yeah. you know, it paid off to the investment in it did this win any awards it did. It won four Oscars. Four Oscars. I'm glad you brought it up. All for like the grafting. Nah. The grafting. You know, like there's no there's no performance kind of rewards. It's all like sound editing. Uh, I'll get it up here. Do you think any performances in this movie are Oscar worthy? No. 
I no, actually don't. I don't think so either. And I think they're fantastic. Me too. I think But it's that type of movie where the, the concept could win an Oscar. Totally, yeah. Screenwriting? Did it win screenwriting? No, it didn't. And that is the thing. I'll show you. I have Best it here. original screenplay, right. sorry. Cinematographer. Uh, cinematography. Yeah. yeah. Sound editing. Totally get it. Sound mixing. 100%. Visual effects. Why? Why would it get visual effects? It's a terrible looking movie. No. <laughs> isn't this good? Visual effects. Yeah. Isn't Scott Pilgrim yeah. great as well? I know, yeah. But it's a different kind totally where it's different. like, hey, these are fake and it's, we're fine with that. I mean, look, you put these movies next to each other you kind of got to give it to Inception, you know? You, de- you do, you do, because yeah. it's different. It's a different type of tone. But if we're talking about a perfect tone to movie, yeah. that will hold up forever. Scott Pilgrim. Of course. Yeah. But, like, there's, uh, as we were talking about, Wally Pfister yeah. actually won an Academy Award for this movie, yeah. which is really cool. And we were only talking about, like, what do you think of when you think of Inception? Mm. The city folding. city folding over on each other. Or the mirrors, depending. It's, <laughs> depending, it's so yeah. iconic, though, isn't yeah. it? Like, the city folding over. So iconic, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, exactly. <laughs> you look at Doctor Strange, it's like, Doctor Strange copying Inception. Yeah. I love that. I love that, like, this movie... I remember this, and I'm going to say the phrase that I often say, sure. permeated the zeitgeist so much <laughs> that... Uh, I do like that sentence. It is. It's a good sentence. But, uh, you know, like, Inception is just something people know now it's such a pop culture thing it seriously is dude this is almost as confusing as Inception five years after that movie we were still getting comedy comedy movies talking about Inception I do appreciate South Park where they're like just cause it's complicated doesn't mean it's good yeah I I can appreciate that joke even though I love the movie yeah me too because it is extremely complicated I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss any bit of trivia you know what movie is complicated but isn't necessarily good Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy it put me to sleep. Yeah, it yeah. Put me, do you know what? It was one of those movies where I was looking around. I went to see it in the cinema and I, I was know. like, is everyone else? You know, I see one guy that's really invested in the movie. I'm like, he's smarter than me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. He's a better person than me. It's perfect. I think <laughs> is Incep- he a doctor? Yeah. I think Inception is a good blockbuster. I don't think it's... It's a great blockbuster yeah. and it made bank, you yeah. know, over 800 million. I just wanted to say, this is like, this is such like random trivia, but I told you about this. So in the level that's all in the hotel, like for, if anyone can't think of the hotel, it's the part where like, you know, when it's rotating with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's in fighting a the guy. sexy waistcoat yeah, pants. Yeah. yeah. Doing all but one stunt. Yeah. He did himself. But Three during, weeks of work to go into that. Didn't just mean for to that ro- No, just Didn't for that rotating yeah. scene. Yeah. But um, it becomes like there's an anti-gravity. There's an anti-gravity scene at one point. Mm. And I thought it was amazing that this is so simple. This is just good thinking that the reason why Ellen Page's hair <laughs> yeah. is in a bun is because the production team didn't want to work with her hair loose in an anti-gravity scene because then they'd have to use CGI hair to simulate it, flo- simulate it floating around. And I just love how it's so simple. It'd be like, hey... Let's just scrap that all together. Put it in a bun and we don't have to worry about it. Is that why all the guys have slick back hair? I don't know. But it makes so much sense. Doesn't before. it? It's yeah. just like, you know what? It could look weird. Yeah. And we're just going to waste time on this. And you know, Christopher Nolan's like, CGI, fuck right fuck off that. out of my movie. Yeah. I thought that was such a simple approach to that scene. And I don't know. It, I just love that. That's one of those things where you're like, yeah, it makes it better. Yeah, it does make it better. It makes it better. It's imagine, so simple. Imagine how it would take you out of the movie. How are we going to do her hair? You know what? Let's it, just not do it. You know what it is? It's the fucking Mary, Shave her head. It's the fucking Mary Poppins moment in The Last Jedi. You know? Where Leia goes out the window and it's like, we're going to CGI her floating back in. It's like, guys, come on. There's a better way of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other examples, but that one just comes to mind right there. Uh, can we pause for a second? 
just got a message off Keith. <laughs> sure. You can just stop. No, no, we don't have to actually pause it. I just don't know what it is. Off Keith. Keith Menton. Oh. He sent me a link to a video. What the fuck? Oh, man. This seems dodgy as all hell. It's asked me to log into Facebook to view this video. I don't like this at all. Come on, though, because I was, I was vibing. It will be shown. Okay, yeah. Let's go back. Um, That's pretty much all I need to say about it myself anyways. Okay, so. cool. I have some more stuff that I want to bring up. Um, we can keep talking We're about it. We're 38 minutes in. I know, yeah, but it's great. It is. It's this good. is a good episode. And we got a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're throwing it all out there. Um, what do I want to f- talk about? Um, so this movie is basically a long con. It's like The Sting, if The Sting was super complicated, <laughs> yeah. you know? But uh, it, Which is, by the way, one of the oldest film, like film themes basically the thriller the crime caper and everything sure yeah and uh we were talking about it and it's like i like the fact that they complicate it but they also use genuine con man techniques in it which is so fun to watch you know like when they go to the second layer they start running a play that they've done before again love that they have plays Isn't this when kenny murphy starts getting wise to the yeah. situation yeah exactly so this is the hotel they're in the hotel kind of setting they take the information they use from the first part which is his wallet costs a certain amount you know uh, he has a bad relationship with his father they reference different things and they use it to convince him he's in a dream which is a play they've run before yeah but they also do this really little things and I've only noticed it from watching it so many times where he's talking about and he was like you accept you're in a dream and I'm here to help you it's little things like that. This is what Leonardo DiCaprio says to him. Remember your training. Remember your training. That was the most deceitful thing for I me. Know. Where I'm like, oh my God, I'd believe him. Yeah. When he's like, we've been over this. Remember your training. Remember your training. Like he's a master manipulator. Yeah. He's like, I'm the, I'm a part of your subconscious yeah. that's here to help you. Remember your training. And it's so cool because he's like, Killian Murphy is getting it. And he's, I just love the subtle thing. I mean, it's like, first of all, accept you're in a dream and that I'm here to help you. He's asking him to accept he's in a dream, but subtly, right in there, right in there, into your subconscious, while you're working on accepting that he is, that you are in a dream, also into there, it's like, but I trust him. He, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Yeah. And I then he's that. fighting his own subconsciousness. Yeah. And the fact that they, it's just, they're conning him in a real life way in his dream. For example, you know, uh, Tom Hardy goes up as a hot blonde and steals his wallet. And Leonardo again says, there's about a $500 wallet, isn't it? Again, building the trust from what they've me. learned before. Also, just the idea that, like, they explain this in the movie when they're explaining everything. Mm-hmm. That your subconsciousness will put things in a safe. Like, if you have secrets, yeah. you'll just naturally put it in somewhere secure. Mm. Also, so they're always trying to break into something, yeah. which I love. And that's at the start with yeah. Ken Watanabe. And they're trying to break into a safe to find out the secrets. It's, I just love the idea of, like, it's your your own mind, you know, manifest it into, like, well, it has to go into a safe but, or somewhere but like say that. say you break into a child's mind, it might be a piggy bank. That's where they store everything. Course, you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, you're just thinking of the most secure location. Yeah, it's like, oh, man, what's the best place to hide something? Under my bed. In, in my a pig, ass. In my throats. ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you break into a prisoner's you, thing. They realize <laughs> halfway through the con... Oh, we've been breaking it. We're trying to break into his trying ass. Trying to break it in this guy's ass. Get Tom Hardy in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Tom, he's like, I have a little character who works very well in these situations. You have to dream bigger. He's putting his gloves on. Yeah. yeah. You have to dream bigger, though. <laughs> I love all that little thing. Again, Christopher Nolan, King of Practical Effects, puts the hand down, it's a machine gun, pulls it back up, it's a grenade launcher. So simple. Hey, we should actually talk about the ending and what Michael Caine divulged. Yeah. So there's been a lot of 
I guess speculation that the entire movie is a dream. It's or do you know what they say sometimes is when he tries the sedative. Yeah. That Yusuf gives him, mm. and you know the way he sees Mal, and we get yeah. this, it's kind of it's very scary for a moment, and then he wakes up. Uh, you know, uh, Cobb wakes up, and he's a little demented, and mm. he gets his uh, trinket. Yeah, what did he, he call his, them? Uh, his token, totem, 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 totem. His spinny thing, and he tries to spin it, and it falls down, and he has to put water in his face. There was this concept that, or at least people were speculating that he never woke up no. from that dream, and the, the rest of it isn't just a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. Also, it's not his totem; it's his wife's totem. Mm. And he tells that he specifically tell again. He tells it on page, "Don't let anyone touch your totem because exactly. if they fuck with it, that means they they know as well, and it can mess up the dream." That's how he messes up his wife and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, it's a his totem is a loaded die. It's a loaded die. And he's like, "No, I can't let you touch it to I, Ellen Page because yeah. it defeats the purpose." Also, Leonardo DiCaprio, she makes a chess piece, and he's like, "Oh, let me see." And she's like, you nah, know, uh, uh. And yeah. he's like, oh, you're learning, girl, yeah. you're learning. I like it. But so Michael Caine, though. Now, I'm this confused. Is, this is 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. He's like, here, Chrissy boy, what the? F- what is this? Uh, maybe this is before Leonardo, Cap- Leonardo DiCaprio got his hands on the script. Yeah. And he's like, here, uh, Chrissy, I just don't understand what's going on here. And Christopher Nolan said to Michael Caine, every scene that you're in is reality. Yeah. It's reality. So at the end... Mm. Michael Caine's in the scene, and of course we get to see his children. children's faces as they yeah. turn around. But you get the top that's still spinning. He doesn't have his wedding ring on as yeah. well, because when he goes into Dreamland, he's got his wedding ring yeah. on. And we don't get to see the totem actually fall over when it's spinning, but it does quiver. Yeah. I t- I, listen, I... But I do love it. I actually, I actually really respect that ending, where it's yeah. like, okay... Eh, you can make up your own mind it's if you want. It's a beautiful way to end the movie, yeah. but I do. I never, never for a second did I think he was still in a dream. Me either, but at the same time, the ending for me says, "Does it really matter?" No, it doesn't. Because what's reality either way? Yeah. Like what, you telling me what he experienced in those dreams Isn't didn't affect real. his real life. Yeah. It, that the man, way he thinks, that his man personality lived fifty years with his wife in a dream world. Of course, that affected it. How's he not the crazy person? She came back and killed herself. Like that, this shit mm. that happens in your dreams affects you, and that's the whole thing. That the whole point of this movie, the whole point of Inception, what happens in your dreams affects real life, yeah. and it's more true than people would care, like to admit. Yeah. Um. There was another thing I wanted to say, and we were only talking about this earlier. Is that no matter when you. First off, you have to do so much work to figure out what's going on in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and you're enjoying the ride so much. And you're with Cobb and everyone along the way and you're enjoying it. But after watching it so many times, when it comes down to it, there's no way of looking at it and saying they didn't do a bad thing. 100% they did a bad thing. They did a bad thing. Tell me where you fully get the message yeah. that Killian Murphy's a bad person. Yeah. His father, sure, could be a piece of shit. Yeah, oh, his father hey, is a piece of shit. Don't worry about it, he dead. He's... But Killian Murphy seems like a tortured soul. He yeah. seems like a kid that was deprived of his father's love and attention. Mm-hmm. And his and mother. He, yeah, and his yeah. mother. And he's tormented by this. Yeah. And he looks... He just lost his father, by yeah. the way. He's a good... Well, I assume he's a good guy. The movie doesn't make me believe that he's a bad person. No. And they fuck with him. The movie tries to they tell... They fuck with him. They Ken, Ken Watanabe has the throw... Much like there's a throwaway line about how this technology originated, Ken Watanabe has a line where he says... We need to. I was about to do an accent. I'm not oh, going to do it. Damn, I was getting excited. <laughs> oh, about. Yeah. Um, uh, he's like, we need to. If they, this company, 
uh, keeps going, they're going to have a monopoly on the energy in the world, and that's not good. And moving right along. Moving right along. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so I guess, I get the, guess I we're kind of doing a good thing. Not really. Now, buying an airline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Off we go. I bought the airline. <laughs> I thought it would be cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he great. Something like, he's awesome. Ken Watanabe is a sexy man as and well. A, and a Christopher Nolan regular. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I'd love to be a Christopher Nolan regular. Mm. If I could be an any, a regular for anyone. <laughs> or a one-timer, yeah. I'd still be happy with I it. I know. Yeah, like Leo. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a one-night stand, baby. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... They're no, doing a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. They're doing a bad thing. But Chris Nolan, oh, he's a sneaky bastard. He is. He is. He's like... he wraps it in this beautiful, elegant, resonating you're like, moment. Finally, he gets catharsis for his father. He realizes his father loved him. Yes. But he didn't. But he did. It, Pro- they're tricking they're you. They're tricking you the whole time. It's they're a trick. They're manipulating you. It's a trick. We but w- did it make Killian Murphy a better person? I believe it did. Yeah. Or his character, I mean. Yeah, it made him a better person. Maybe the acting role made him a better person yeah, too. I think so. I that's the thing. It does make him a better person. Yes. He dissolves the company, which leads to a monopoly, which is terrible, unless you're Disney, of course, who basically have a monopoly <laughs> yeah, on the film on industry the world. now. But uh if you tweet something, eh, off you go, off fired. You go, fired. I know we'll bring you back. We'll bring you back in a few grand, weeks. Grand, Don't you worry grand. about it. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Like it's, it is, like it one hundred percent is a bad thing. Yeah. No matter how you look at it. Yeah. And I, bad guys. I also appreciate and this. Is the last thing I say on this movie is that I get this movie one hundred percent, and now it's a casual watch for me, which I appreciate. I like watching this movie casually. You don't have to work anymore. I don't have to work anymore because I know what's going I on. I got the same thing. I yeah. got the now. I've watched it many times. Me I'm too. not saying it took me one go. No, no, no. God, no. Me neither. But the most recent uh, watch of this movie, I went. Oh, I'm pretty sure I understand everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bell. Just yeah. a bell. So I can casual dip in and out, appreciate different things about the movie, yeah. and then I can move on, which and is nice. It's. It's a masterpiece, I would say. Yeah, me too. I think it's a masterpiece. Ten years later, but again, looking back on it, it, it doesn't age. No, It really. hasn't aged. Uh, it hasn't missed a beat. No. Even the effects are pretty damn good They're, ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, they are. And Christopher Nolan, practical effects king. Like, he did everything he could to There's make it practical. There's a train going through a street. And it's I, a tractor. I, I read that it's a tractor with yeah. a train body. I got a brand new combine harvester. <laughs> I'll show you the key. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've sucked... Gilbert Grape's dick on this oh, big time. for a lot, but uh, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. And if you haven't seen Inception, I'm going to come into your dreams tonight and put the idea in your head to watch Ooh. it. Oh, you're going to Inception? Yeah, I am. I like it. Yeah. Will we move on, And though? then I'm going to put the idea in your head to subscribe to Straight Series and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, God Twitter. God damn, you're good. Thank you. Yeah, Thank we're you. on every platform. Yeah, check Social us out. Social media and podcast platforms. You can yeah. get us on iTunes. You can get us on SoundCloud. You can get us on Spotify. You yeah. can get us on uh, everything else. Everything. Stitcher, yeah. iHeartRadio. And you can see our beautiful faces mm. on YouTube as well. You can see my new favorite t-shirt. Yes. Yeah, my statues that cost me money and uh i really love them though i have to say oh they're excellent yeah. and yeah yeah please subscribe please and tell a friend if you enjoy this tell multiple friends if you really enjoy it you know yeah like an orgy it only gets better with more people Th- that's what i always say i've always that's said what it. i always say yeah. and pick up after yourself i that, said there are yeah. two things two i say things. when it comes to orgies two rules of an orgy yeah, yeah. sweatier the better now um, everyone make room around gilbert Craig. <laughs> So, will we move on to Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Let's piece move on. of trash. Oh, terrible movie. Uh, as the world would like you to believe, but... As the box office would like you to believe. Yeah. Um, Edgar Rice has never made a bad movie. Nope. And he's never been attached to anything bad. 
This movie is... He's a beautiful man. <laughs> he's a wonderful human being. Um, and No, he's a glorious filmmaker. He, he really, really is. is. Well, we say, right, so we've made the Cornetto trilogy. The Cornetto trilogy. We got Shaun the Dead. We got Hot Fools. We mm. got At World's End. Is that what at it's called? The World's End. The World's End. It's the name of the pub. I was I was thinking about this. The World's the End. The World's End. Which people would say is probably the weakest of all his movies, but... Still a mighty fine movie. I, I really, I, I quite like it. Baby Driver? Yeah. Nearly Amazing. made Ant-Man. Nearly made Ant-Man. Nearly, I, I think Ant-Man's a pretty solid movie, and I'd say the only bad stuff about it yeah. are the script parts that Paul Rudd and Adam McKay probably added yeah. to the movie. Well, I really, again, like, Ant-Man is one of my favourite parts of the Avengers. Whenever he's in a scene, I'm like, this is awesome, Ant-Man's here. It's Paul Rudd, isn't it? Paul, it's Paul Rudd, and it's Evangeline Lilly as well. Hey, what? Paul Rudd, you, you want to age? Yeah. Uh-uh. No problem, Captain America. <laughs> Such a that's I or is it Mr. Captain America. No, no, he al- he just always calls him Captain America, and then he calls him Cap. And Evangeline Lilly, when she comes back as a wash, she calls him Cap, and he has that knowing look at her, and it's like, <laughs> oh, this is so cool. Um, but Edgar yeah, right, just it, perfection. Like and Scott Pilgrim versus the World and I- is one of the most unique and fun movies to ever watch it is one of the most timeless movies you will ever watch there's not a frame wasted in no. this movie if if he, if there's a shot in that movie something yeah. interesting's happening it's in. not a short movie though either it's not for yeah. what it is it could yeah. be like a tight 90 yeah but this is like a tight a tight hour 50 because hour 50? there's so much goodness to it but i feel I like get the exact time here i feel like it is the culmination of a seven volume manga you know what i mean it's even like, though I- Technically, it Techni- isn't. Technically, it isn't. 112 minutes long. So, so an hour and 52, 52 minutes. 52, yeah. And this movie is pure solid. It's like, high it's energy. It's so good. It's amazing. Um, Honestly, not a frame wasted. No. Like, every, something's happening interesting. There's something interesting happening all the time. It's yeah. so unique. The it's more so I watch unique. it, the more I appreciate it. Because it's kind of like Inception, but not Inception. Yeah. Like, you, you, there's these tiny little fine details mm-hmm. that you go, ah, he's peeing himself in that scene. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even notice that. I didn't even notice I that. I should focus on Scott's face. Yeah. You're going to be cleaned up by the cleaner on Monday. Because <laughs> it's the weekend now, so she won't be here. But then she dusts. You'll be dust by Monday. You'll be dust by Monday. Yeah. And the cleaner comes then. She dusts. <laughs> um, Brandon Routh. So excellent. The, the movie is based on a comic book inspired by a manga written by Brian O'Malley. Uh, and it was picked up in 2004 after volume one released. It's a seven volume manga. wasn't even finished by the time the movie came and out. Edgar Wright read it before it officially even was released. He yeah. had like a pre-release because famous people get cool shit. I know. Famous people get such cool shit. I'm so jealous of I famous people. I just realized people. you're a cool dude with a pen in your ear. Oh, am I? I didn't even <laughs> notice. I do that at work all the time. And I, I know don't, you do. And people look at me as I walk down to like the canteen. And you're just like, I'm just grafting. You know, because it's, 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 it's a worker man thing where you're like, yeah. He takes out the pen. He starts writing on wood. Going, yeah, yeah, seventeen I, inches. I've on never that, worked. In, I've never worked in like a blue collar job before. So I just throw the pen behind my ear to make people think I have but some I never sort have. of rug- ruggedness. Yeah, some add some ruggedness to my uh, <laughs> softness, <laughs> my overall softness. But uh, hey, two abs. Hey, two abs. Yeah, they two popped ab- in. They popped out for a little bit. They did, but Pop they're back, back in. in now. Better than Batman's going. It's two ab. Two of the six have shown up, so we're we're it's going <laughs> well. Say two ab Tuesday. Yeah, it's two ab Tuesday. But it's a Saturday. It's a, it's a, Friday. It's a Friday. Yeah, Jesus, get your days right. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, get th- your life right. Oh yeah. Well, listen, that's that's more of a long. Well, that's a long term problem, you know. Um, but the movie was picked up even before the first volume came out. And Edgar Wright was writing it since 2004, and it only came out in 2010. So Edgar Wright kind of directed 
the comic book. Yeah. Which is so weird. It's so weird. That's so strange. I know. And it... And it, uh, of course, the comic book influenced the movie. Yeah. But the, the fact that the movie influenced the comic book as well is so strange. Something you, you never, never see. That. No, yeah. exactly. It's like a book that's being written mm-hmm. and it gets picked up already halfway yeah. through. And then like the director is helping with the writing as well. Like it's, it's so strange. Robert Kirkman likes to say he would use the Walking Dead TV show to do stuff he wished he did in the comics. Also, oh, all the bad stuff. All the shit stuff. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. it's cool that when you left it out in the comic books, but at least we get to watch the it. The comic's a masterpiece, and the TV show is a pile of dog trash. Wasn't at first, though. No, it wasn't. It had ho- I was hopeful, and then I became unhopeful. And there was a little update that Andrew Lincoln's movie is still supposedly going ahead. Man, Andrew Lincoln. I care... So much. So much. Right? So much. Sorry, go ahead. No, You're it's talking. cool. Um, but yeah, like, so this movie was being written alongside all the volumes. And in fact, the movie came out before the final volume. And the final volume features this big, massive battle that obviously that isn't in the movie. But still, it's like, you know, I was watching all these videos in preparation. And it's like, oh, uh, the differences between the manga and the movie. But when you watch the movie, like, they're pointing out the differences. But I'm like... But it's a perfect adaptation at the same time because it go- takes 112 minutes and it encapsulates all the themes and everything great about the book and just uses all the time it has to make the best adaptation possible and doesn't there's no waste, you know? Oh, n- not a, not for a second. Yeah. But also I read that it's... Uh, I've read this a term. I'm probably getting it wrong, but like it's a transmedia yeah. film because it's pretty much like tree platforms. It's video. It's like a video... You're watching a, a video game yeah. slash comic book, yeah. but it's also a movie. movie. Yeah. You know? It's so strange. And yeah. the, all those elements... Like, put it this way, it's so hard to merge them yeah. and get it right. And it's so right. Like, it's yeah. it's perfection. This movie is just amazing. The premise is... A pop- and it still hasn't... It's so unique 10 years later. Yeah. You know, it hasn't been emulated yet. No. And I still think they could make a sequel. Me too. I, I know most likely they won't... Most likely, sorry, they won't, but... Bill and Ted tree just happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would love to see... Nah, a Sc- I mean... Now I mean... I'd love to see a Scott Pilgrim sequel, but at the same time, I'd want it to do really well, and I don't know if it would. Scott... Scott Pilgrim versus 2022. Yeah, I know, yeah. Something. Oh, man. But uh, the movie, the pre- basic premise of it is uh, a guy who grew up in- loving pop culture finally becomes someone from the video games and manga he grew up and he has to f- he falls in love with this girl and he has to fight off her seven evil exes this girl Ramona, Ramona Flowers. Flowers the quintessential indie girl the most alt girl that every guy had a crush on every in 2010 guy. like she is the indie princess she is played or by- queen I, she's more of a queen she is more of a queen played wonderfully by Mary Elizabeth Winstead in an early role for her well 10 years ago yeah. when you think about it yeah. by the way uh, has she aged? I don't think so. Not at all. You Not McGregor, for a second. Ewan McGregor saw that and he's like, I'm going to lock that shit down. Come on, baby. Ten years from now, I'm going to lock that shit down. Yeah. His French wife is like, come to bed, Ewan. He's like, yes, but only for nine more years. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, but this movie is like, it's a who's who cast, which is insane. It's insane. The fact that Chris Evans is just in this movie. He's just in this movie. Just before. Just came in before um, Captain America. Captain America, 2011. One year later, Captain yeah. America came out. Yeah. And uh, then he was a megastar. Like, so I know we had been in big movies before, but, like, obviously Captain America Captain, was, like, that's like lift off, Mega, baby. mega, mega star. Yeah. Like, 
I saw Captain America's in cinemas in 2011 and we had rented this movie, went home, watched it, didn't recognize Chris Evans in it because I was like, crazy. Oh, yeah, I just didn't get it. And uh, e- superhero royalty. We also have Superman. Yeah, Brandon Routh. From the bo- amazing Superman Returns and the by mo- my kid's babysitter. Yeah, um, Brian Singer. Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, he he's so many costumes that he likes people to try on. It's great. <laughs> yeah. uh, the kids love it. But uh, yeah, and you know, and this is before he had the amazing Superman uh, Kingdom Come Kingdom suit Kong that he wears. Suit, yeah, it's yeah. Crisis on Infinite Earths. It looks like Brandon Routh in Superman Returns. Uh, this is like Brandon Routh has half digested that Brandon Routh. Yeah. And then when you see him in Arrow, it's like, oh, he's fully digested that one. Also seeing him play bass and not being a jock. It's kind of weird because I'm like, hey, that look really suits him. Yeah, it does. With the bleached hair. Bleached blonde hair. And he's got the cool zero, or yeah, I think it's a zero t-shirt with the skull. And then he's got the white three as well. And the bass. He's 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 a fine man. I can sleep on his shoulders. We're going to get to the music, but we should keep talking about the cast while we're on it. You've got like Anna Kendrick in a bit part. Allison, before she was Anna Kendrick. Before she was Anna Just Kendrick. Just before. I think she's in the Twilight movie. Oh, yeah, she would be, because Twilight came out that year as yeah, well. She's yeah. in the Twilight movies. Aubrey Plaza, while she's still Parks and Rec. Yeah, but she's still not Aubrey Plaza. Like, no. They, they got them just before. Just before. Off yeah. Alison Pill. Alison Pill. Mm, Excellent. Yeah, she <laughs> He is. likes Alison Pill. Give her a red wig and some freckles. And yeah. he's like... One, two, three, four. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Alison Pill really does it for me. And this, all the women in this movie are just, like so unique and amazing. Even the guys. Captain Marvel is in this movie. Brie Larson in the highest red boots I've ever seen in my life. Hello. Pla- I want a pair of those. Playing Envy Adams. What a cool name. What a sexy woman in that yeah. role. Isn't she like 19 in that? She is. And also she's really singing. We sh- we're gonna get into the music. I yeah, should say yeah. everyone's really performing. Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin uh, should be in everything. He's in nothing. Yeah, he's hilarious in this he's movie. He's amazing. He's, he's his gre- his gay uh, roommate. roommate. He's playing like he's an alpha gay. He's an alpha. He's gay. an alpha gay. He's such an alpha gay. And <laughs> he's he a steal your man gay. That's he, what he is. I'll steal your man. I'll he, I'll, I'll I'll convert him. People. Oh, like, he's hetero. Yeah. Pe- <laughs> no, people are like, "What do you like in a guy?" He's like, "I like it when he's straight." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's awesome, and he's. He's hilarious. He's he so sarcastic. Excellent. He just everything he says is like a wonderful one-liner, and he also gives like really good pep talks, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Pep talks hidden with his own agenda. Pep talks that will also put you down, but make yeah. you feel good. But also, yeah. you're like, yeah, you're a waster. Get out of my my yeah. room or yeah. his bunker. Scott, I guess. you got to go out and fight for what you want. Yeah. Also, I'm kicking you out. Yeah, I'm kicking you out. <laughs> you got to yeah. move out, man. You got to move out. Um, is there anyone else we should mention? Uh, oh, Jason Schwartzman yeah. as Gideon. Yeah. Hello, the most pretentious person oh, that's man. ever lived. We watched interviews afterwards and just the way he's sitting. He's sitting like... He's I'm, got a must... He's got a lip carpet... I couldn't, oh, I couldn't fit in this chair to sit the exact same way as him, but he's got like his legs up like this, and he just looks so casual. And it's like you are like he plays a douchebag in this, but I'm looking at him. You're a douchebag in real douche life bag. too. Yeah. And I also love that guy. Yeah, he's really he's great. He's great. Um, I mean, a few more. Mark Weber is Stephen Stills. He's the lead singer. We don't see him in much. He's in Green Room, which is meant to be amazing. Bill Hader as a narrator? Yeah. Uh, Before Bill Hader was Bill Hader? I know. I love seeing Bill Hader. Like, Bill Hader's in Superbad. He's in the opening of... No, not... Yeah, he is in Superbad. He's in Superbad. He's the cop. He's with Seth Rogen, right? Yes, he, he's in Pineapple Express. He's the soldier at the start of Pineapple is Express. He? Yeah, you know the one... They have what? Try and the Weed, and he's like... No 
way! Yeah, and it, I love seeing... I'd have to see that again. I can't even picture it. I also have to see Skeleton Twins. Apparently, that's a great movie. It is. I've yeah. seen that. Chris and Wig, he plays a, a gay dude, and he's a suicidal gay dude. Yeah. He's really good. I've heard it's amazing. Uh, Thomas Jane Thomas just has a bit role. Just he's one half of the vegan police. There's so many superheroes in this movie. So, this movie, like, oh, they got it so right, because veganism is such a big deal now, where it's like, oh, well, you know, we're extremely virtuous, and we're better than you, yeah. because you're not vegan, in and fact, I am they, vegan. And they make this, oh, it's just excellent. It's be, it's before it's time, really. Yeah, you know they give, like, Dragon Ball-level superpowers to Todd. To, uh, it's Todd, isn't it? Todd's, uh, yeah, it is Todd. That's who, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brandon Routh Brandon Routh Todd, plays, yeah. yeah. Todd Ingram, isn't that his name? Todd Ingram, mm. yeah. It's just, it's crazy. But also, oh, it's Michael Sarah's best role ever. It totally Blood is. Fire. Shout out two more people. Sacha Baba plays Matthew Patel. The one of the he's the first ex and yet still incredibly Scott memorable. Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. And he's like <laughs> Before you, it goes all Bollywood for yeah. a minute and he does his little music. Me piece. and my fireballs. <laughs> uh, Ellen Wong. I don't think I've seen her in anything else, but she plays... I'm no- sure she's in stuff, but she's, we don't know. No, she, Knives Chow. Knives Chow. I love at the end where he's like, Chow Knives. Chow Knives, yeah. I know that's it's the like cool- such an easy joke. Yeah, but because you keep it till the end, I'm yeah. like, it's amazing. That's awesome. And by the way, we should. Well, first of all, Knives Chow is actually older than yeah, than Michael Sarah in this movie, but yeah. she's playing his 17 year old girlfriend. The whole thing is that yeah. he's 22, isn't he? 22. And I she's think. 17, and she's a schoolgirl. Yeah. And I love she's him. literally a Catholic schoolgirl. A Chinese Catholic schoolgirl. <laughs> yeah. And like, Alison Pill's like, wait. Are you serious, Scott? He's like, yeah, with the, with the uniform and all. And he's like, he loves she's, it. Like, she's like, with the uniform and all. He's like, yeah, yeah. If, if your life was a face, I'd punch it. Isn't that oh, what He's like, uh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's awesome. And this, she had to audition three times to get the role. And She it, is magnificent. She's perfect. Playing a 17 year old yeah. turned up to 11. She's like, such a like 17 year old in love for the first yeah. time. Obsessed. That's so awesome. Obsessed with this older guy because he's in a band mm. and he's older and everything. Oh, and, it's so cliche and yeah. it's perfect. And she, she's got highlights. Yeah. What happens to those highlights? He punched the highlights out of her hair. He punched the highlights out of his hair. Young Neil. A joke on Neil Young. And says things twice. Says things twice, which is hilarious. Johnny Simmons plays him. But, uh, but and yeah. here, he ended up with Knives Chow at the end of the original. Well, at the end of the movie. Yeah. That they originally filmed. Yeah. I got the sentence so wrong. You did. But the original ending of the movie. Scott Pilgrim and Knives Chow get together in the original ending. Yeah. And uh, the test audiences balked at this idea because like he's after fighting seven evil exes yeah. can he not get with Ramona Flowers Ramona Flowers at Al- the end also uh, Brian O'Malley kind of said it is kind of a slap in the face to not have them get together yeah. also I, but it do you know what it makes sense I can at the same it, time because can, Ramona Flowers is a bad person but so is Scott Pilgrim but so yeah he and gets, the only nice Chow is a lovely person she's, who's just 17 yeah she's amazing and Exactly, it, like it's exactly that. She, she says at the end, "I'm too cool for you, Scott." It's totally true. She's way too cool for him. You can so see where the reshoots start because I know. It, do you know the reshoots were done three, three months, months before, before the movie, movie was released? released. It's, it's insane, crazy. Yeah. And um, we. Oh well, do you want to get into the secrets? Yeah, let's get into the secrets. Because I love this. Yeah. The, the one, the only one that I really know is that Ramona Flowers mm. wears this necklace, but it's actually a shoelace. Yeah. And well, you actually know the story of who came up with the secrets. Basically, originally. Brian. Mally sent these like he when they were and working a, on I know this, you said it before but he's the comic book he's writer he's the comic book writer and he sent these like crib sheets to the cast and to the writers basically like just things about the character to help them get into it it wasn't meant to be taken that seriously yeah. and then the screenwriter who is I wrote his name down so I could call him out for this um, 
uh, I should have it here as well. Uh, so you play Michael Bacall. Michael Bacall, yeah, and, and Edgar, Edgar Wright. Wright. They took this and turned it into 10 secrets and yeah, gave secrets, it to each character. And no one else knew these secrets. No. So Ramon, Ramona Flowers is actually wearing a shoelace from her deceased brother. Yeah. So if you think about the movie where she moves from New York to Toronto to start over, she says it's because of her exes and just her past life. Yeah. But also, she lost her brother and yeah. it's never mentioned. And it's a beautiful sadness and a nuance to give mm. a character that is never referenced but once you know that secret you see it in her eyes it informs the entire movie and Mary Elizabeth Winstead was picked Edgar Wright says because she's such a lovely bubbly person she plays that role so well and he wanted her to play someone who'd she lost that and manga eyes. she has Ramona Flowers eyes there's a screen test that the two of us are obsessed with don't oh, uh, oh yeah let's not Jesus. get into it but my god she flirts with the camera and I'm like take me yeah take me now Ramona we, we, we call Cobb yeah a master manipulator yeah oh she'd have me in she, in, in one look yeah in one look I'm draining my bank account trying to give it to her as and she's I'm draining doing it. something else <laughs> Gilbert great move aside <laughs> um yeah, and then there's another one, Alison Bree's character. Or, sorry, Aubrey Plaza's Aubrey character. Aubrey Plaza, the one who's giving Scott Pilgrim shit through so the much whole movie. Going, You're a bad person, Steven Scott. Steven Stiles' ex, and she's just giving him shit. Her secret was that she secretly had a crush on Scott Pilgrim, and Which she really liked so him. so obvious. Again, it's playground rules right there. Yeah. You push the girl that you fancy in the yeah, snow. Yeah, you pull the ponytails of the girl you like, you know? Should we talk about Toronto? The Let's setting. talk about Toronto. This movie has been heralded as one of the most accurate representations of location shooting, isn't that it? Yes, because this the whole comic book is set in Toronto. Yeah. And it's like set in Toronto. It's yeah. not one of these things where ah the city's the backdrop. Yeah. In exactly. a way. Like there's actual specific The Avengers streets. are in New York. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. But these yeah. are specific streets. Like yeah. even though the writer mentioned one of the streets where he's like that is Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. This certain street. And Edgar Wright like was like, there's no way we're filming this anywhere else but Toronto. And he used all the smaller locations. Yeah. So if you live in Toronto, you re- like you'd be like, oh, that that's that pizzeria or yeah. whatever. Like it's all these smaller mm. personal locations and then, that he uses. And it's as you said, the it's heralded as one of the best depictions of an actual city. Yeah. You know? And then Edgar Wright's like, I'm gonna make this look great pulls the camera above it, makes two X's in the ground and just has so much imagery throughout the whole movie. There's so many hidden X's throughout it. Scott wears zero because he's not an evil X all the time. Uh, each X has a number theme to them. We shouldn't get into them all. But, but like secretly implanted on all of their yeah. costumes. Some are more obvious, some aren't. You know, yeah. you, like, it, it's Gideon's just... Gideon's less obvious, but, like, yeah. he has seven goons and he swallows his gum and it takes seven years. And the G kind of is a seven, kind yeah. of, because it's a G and a seven. It's, it's all so cool, but... Uh, we should get into the music because the music like out of this I want to buy a Sex Bob Bomb album it's funny because we were just like yeah. creaming ourselves over Hans Zimmer's score I know with this Beck comes in and writes these grunge bass heavy tunes yeah. that are amazing they are I, like we've been singing them like you watch this movie on Thursday or Wednesday night you like it's stuck in my head since then I've been listening to the soundtrack non-stop so Beck specifically wrote the songs for Sex Bob Bomb and Scott uh, Metric wrote the songs for Clash at Demon Head which is uh, Brandon Routh and Alison uh, Brie Ali- no not Alison Brie um, Brie Larson Brie Larson yeah get it wrong every time oh, listen it's okay and by the way that performance at the Clash of Demon Head I'm just obsessed with it I'm obsessed with it too I, I love it so much and I love the music video they made afterwards Me too. where it's half the performance of uh, 
Brie Larson. Yeah. I got it right that yeah, time. Yeah, you did, yeah. And then it has clips from the movie as but well. But then you see it's the behind excellent. the scenes footage and it's a, they put on a genuine concert of this. So they did actually film it. And also there's so many... And those venues. Yeah. They, re- they use real... Now, I don't know about inside the venue, but I, you see outside real yeah. v- venues that are in yeah. Toronto as well. I mean, they couldn't use the real because like people break through roofs and everything. Like lots of crazy shit happens. But... Uh, all the performances are real and uh, yeah so the Clash of Demon Head stuff was written by Metric and Crash and the Boys who were in it for like two <laughs> seconds were written by Broken Social Scene apparently they composed the music for them oh that's cool uh, I didn't know about that so yeah it's uh, it's really cool and Michael Sarah was the only one of Sex bob who could play his instrument he's actually a pretty good bassist and guitarist and he his performance as a bassist it's so cool he's such a bassist he's such a cool bass player yeah he is like, it's so cool yeah. he'd be a great guy to watch live yeah he and would we meant to watch actually he has an album I know we meant to listen we to it to but listen we didn't to it, yeah. yeah anyway uh, but the guy who plays Steven Siles uh, Matt Miller is that what we said his name was uh, I will get I want to make sure I want to get people's names right in this because I liked Mark Weber sorry Mark Weber uh, he had to learn how to sing and play guitar in two months in two months and then never uh, did either no and Michael Sarah had to be less good on bass so that everyone could meet up Alison Pill had to learn how to play drums arguably the hardest challenge of the two you definitely, know? 100%. definitely I would say so well I guess the guy singing because you're singing on camera as yeah. well but then, he, even when he's singing, he he sounds like he's like he's found his grunge it's voice. It's kind of conversational almost. Yeah. It's so cool. But it's, it's, it this movie just oozes with coolness. But, it spills from the screen. And you know when we talk about like singers and everything, and you're like that person's a really good singer, but there's nothing unique about them. Therefore, yeah. they could never be successful or whatever. He's his voice again is so unique and everything, and just the pronunciation and the, he's just having fun with it you know when you listen to something you're like that's so unique other people wouldn't make that choice I know, and everything. I know. but I think this is the problem with the movie when it comes to a wider audience yeah it's unbelievably unique yeah so there's so many people that are like oh hmm what is yeah. this and you know okay, even though the, the trailer to me is like pure kinetic energy yeah and colours and it's just got amazing vibes but mm. at the same time I know that people would be like I don't know do you think this movie would do better now after Endgame and all that stuff has come I out, I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. I was watching it going, surely this would do better. But then I was like, but how much better? Yeah, I don't know. It's such a specific movie. And it really is, and it's funny how Inception, just because it's got that blockbuster vibe about it. Yeah, it kind of gets away with being like so intellectual. Yeah. and so difficult to understand. Where Scott Pilgrim, I don't know if audiences would still run to the cinemas to watch it. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to gauge, but um, I, know I know it's a question that probably will never be answered, but at the same time, I don't know. It's such a unique movie. But again, it's a 7.5 out of 7.5 movie for me. It is a 7.5. I think both of these movies yeah, are. Yeah, 7.5. This is definitely a 7.5 yeah. out of 7.5, and that's our rating system. Respected. It's an intellectual rating system. If you can't understand the math behind this rating system, we can't help you. Yeah. Okay? 5 out of 5. <laughs> Oh, imbeciles peasants. imbeciles peasants you know? 10 out of 10 stop overcomplicating things yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean it's just i we couldn't gush about both these movies more uh, and one thing i, w- I was saying to you earlier yeah. before we started this podcast mm-hmm. is that it's a movie that reminds you that it's a movie constantly you know the way when you're watching a movie and you're like oh this just took me out of the scene yeah. this is constantly going this isn't real yeah this isn't real look this is crazy yeah. this is outlandish 
Like, every single frame of this movie is kind of going, yeah, it's a movie, by the way. Right from the second it starts, because they even have the manga lines coming as they're playing music. Yeah, that motion, those yeah. motion manga lines. Motion, awesome, and so then, good. Uh, but then that's, like, right from the beginning. So the movie slowly but surely buys you into this. This is a video game world. And then by the end of it, it just goes fucking crazy. It goes mental. And also, the care and attention for the CGI that is supposed yeah. to look good. Because it gets away with some stuff. It because does. it's like, hey... It's resembling an old school video game. Yeah. But then there's some CGI where you're like, wow, that just looks excellent. And we've yeah. even seen some of the behind the scenes where, first of all, by the way, Michael Cera is doing a lot of his own stunts. If Most of the fighting he's doing himself. We were also saying for Michael Cera, he kind of looks quite buff in this. He does. Now, now for, uh, Michael listen, Cera, for Michael Cera, he's also being put alongside Brandon Routh and, and Chris, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. <laughs> Superman and Captain America. Captain America, two of the buffest superheroes around. But... <laughs> Like for him, he's got a broadness to him that you don't normally see. He's got like there's a there's some there's some muscle up there. You when know? I watch it, I'm convinced. Yeah, me too. It's I think it's just how he comes at, at it. Don't it the confidence. Yeah. It's the confidence. Yeah. He has a physical confidence about him where I'm like, okay, he could throw down. And Edgar Wright, he was always the studio tried to push him to get a bigger name actor. Edgar Wright was like, it's Michael Sarah with a bullet. I saw him in Arrested you think it was Development. Be Brad to, or Will Smith, yeah. just like Inception. Exactly. Like, but uh... the studio was like, no, we're going to put him. And he's like, if Michael Sarah isn't leading this movie, I'm not doing it. Also, uh, Edgar Wright is ageist. Yeah, he is. If yeah. you're over 30, you're not in the movie. Yeah, not in the movie. Or. Unless the, you're vegan, please. Unless you're vegan, please. Then you can be in the movie. Or if you're uh, from England, you weren't supposed to be in the movie. Yes. But the guy who played Matthew Patel, Sacha Baba, he's this Londoner and he snuck in there basically. He lived, he went to school like down the road from yeah, Edgar Wright or something, crazy. grew up near him in London. And he, Edgar Wright was, for his American movie, was trying to not cast English people. But Sacha Baba stuck in there. And you know, at the Comic Con. A convention that they did for well the panel yeah. for this movie yeah. um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg did a cameo yeah I know because like loads of the actors couldn't do it because they have A-lister after A-lister so I love how they weren't in the movie and they still supported their mate I know that's so cool but those three are such good mates as well yeah. apparently they text all the time still and but people they write are... movies together I know but like people... they don't even just make them like they don't even just star you know work yeah. together just for the movie like they Simon Pegg is credited as writing a lot of the movies with Edgar Wright yeah but I also want to just to go back to Michael Sarah for a bit I like uh, Edgar Wright's reasoning because when he says it it makes a lot of sense because he says the reason they wanted Michael Saris was because Scott Pilgrim is not a great guy and but Michael Sarah is likable despite doing bad things you can do anything you're like ah yeah. but it's Michael Sarah. Yeah. and that's what this entire movie it's like you're still empathizing with Scott despite the fact that he's not making the best decisions or necessarily being the best guy. And Ramona Flowers is Elizabeth, a- uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead she's not the best person as yeah. well and yet you're kind of like, hey, I want to see these two I want to get see- on with it, you know, and, and have a good life. You know? Again, cool. I buy their relationship more than I would Knives and Scott by the end of it. Because I'm like, these two people, they're kind of broken, kind of messed up. But together, I think they're okay. Yeah. Him and Knives. Two kni- broken people? Maybe make one make a normal hole. person. You know? ah. It's what, what, does, uh, what does Deadpool say? He's like, you're the jigsaw piece. There's something about a puzzle piece. that they've, oh, I don't know. Uh, they have weird edges or some shit. Like, I can't remember. But anyway, it's something like that. I also want to shout out how funny this movie is. We've talked about the music, talked about the action, how great it is. This movie's hilarious. So much funnier than, like, it has any right to be. And it's so quirky and yeah. unique, again, which might be why it wasn't so successful. Exactly. It's hilarious. It, it is hilarious. Uh, chicken isn't vegan. Chicken like, isn't vegan. Like, just yeah. that line alone. 
24th of March, you had an egg parmesan. Egg <laughs> yeah. isn't vegan. <laughs> He's like, chicken isn't vegan. Oh, I mean, can I have your can I have your autograph? <laughs> I mean, by the way, every second Chris Evans is on screen, hilarious. The brows on that man. The brows on He the- is excellent. I don't do my own stunts. I'm nothing without no, my stunt team. I'm nothing team. without my stunt team. <laughs> when he cracks his neck with the universal uh, fanfare as well. Oh, it's so and, good. And then he's can like, Can you do a can you do a thingy on that rail? And he's like, it's called a grind. And he's like, Can you do a grindy thingy on that rail? <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. And uh when he's like, Here's your board, I'm a big fan. Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you be? And I think this is such a hidden joke. Yeah. But if, at one point, you see newspapers where you see the different films yeah. that Chris Evans' character is Stars in. in. An ex-skateboarding uh, movie actor now. Of course. So cool. With his own skate company. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm, of course, I'm a great skateboarder. I've got my own skate company. <laughs> such a great line. Sorry. But one of the movies is that he plays an action doctor. Yeah. And it, the log line is, good news is, you're going to live. Bad news is, I'm going to kill you. You know, it's so good. He wears the same outfit in every <laughs> yeah. movie. And then Todd is like the most powerful of the exes, but he's also an idiot. A very secret idiot. He's like, I don't understand the meaning of the word. And then it's like, he really doesn't. Yeah, which like, is Brandon Routh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's memorable. Gideon's amazing. He's hilarious. Jason Schwartzman is such a, he's such a prick. Like, oh, let's be honest. Yeah. He's such a prick. He plays such, do you know what? It's also, he's small. Yeah. And it makes it better. It does. Because, you know, you, you have where to, is physic- this confidence coming from? Exactly. Where is it coming from? Because you got this physically dominating people yeah. like Brandon Routh and Chris Evans. But yeah. then you have the worst of the worst yeah. is Gideon. And he's just a small guy. He's got his black rim spectacles and he's, he's just, just always like, chewing gum. Such a dick. Such a dick. Such a dick. And I don't even think he has a big dick. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> his <laughs> micro penis. I don't care. care. I lob it in there yeah, anyway. He doesn't care. And are you were you satisfied? Don't answer that. Because I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I had my fun and that's yeah. all that matters. And ju- every character. I'll live my life, man. I'll live my life. Yeah. Every character just has great moments. Like, it's just. A, it's pure excellence. It's pure excellence. Uh, and we should move on to something else that is excellent because we're getting towards <laughs> Hopefully the Hopefully not bogus. But yeah. But. Most likely is bogus. It's probably going to be bogus. We'll discuss it in a minute. But. Everyone watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Inception and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Two ends of the spectrum, not just financially, but also just they're so different but yeah. yet unique. Like yeah. one is a serious intellectual thriller and the other one is like one of the most fantastical su- uh, superhero movies you'll ever watch or comic book adaptations yeah. you'll ever watch. So funny, so just, uh, I'd say colourful and, yeah. and unique. It's, yeah, uh, I... I think Scott Pilgrim, more than Inception, is one of my all-time favorite movies ever. I yeah, think I would say so too. With a bullet, but yeah. uh, Inception's amazing as well. Like I couldn't have picked two better movies to talk about today. Just amazing yeah. filmmaking, right there. Yeah, it really is. And uh, happy Here. ten yeah. year anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah, well done, guys. <laughs> still holds up. Yeah, they do still hold up. Uh, Scott Pilgrim will be timeless, and Inception, I think, could also be timeless. I do think so. Yeah. Like ten years later, it it hasn't aged. No. It really hasn't. No. What were you gonna say there? Don't know. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Let's move on to Bill and Ted's. Uh, Bill and Ted Tree. Three. Bill and Ted face the music. That's it. Face yeah. the music. Yeah. So the new trailer dropped a proper trailer because yeah. the other one was a teaser and it really was a teaser. It didn't yeah. really give much away. And uh, we slagged Alex Win- Alex De Winter when we first came out. Alex Winter, yeah. Alex Winter, but he seems to be way more. In tune with his character than, than Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves yeah. Keanu Reeves. Maybe maybe it's just me. Yeah. But I'm seeing John Wick vibes and I'm just seeing Keanu Reeves he's vibes. A, he's a bit too sleepy. 
he's a he's a slight bit flat, and yeah. it hurts me mm. to say that. Where Alex Winter, maybe because he's only played three roles in his life, <laughs> but Alex Winter, he's back he's to back it, there, straight yeah. there. He's on a, an excellent adventure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the new trailer dropped, and also some new information that it was pushed back, but the movie's actually coming out because it now it's going to be released on the 1st of September mm. on VOD and select cinemas and when they say select cinemas I think it means no anything cinemas that's, no I think it's anything that's open <laughs> which could be no cinemas yeah. you know the way any holes of gold yeah exactly <laughs> you know, yeah. if it's open it's coming out there yeah exactly but this is good this is good news because even though it was pushed back hey because it's coming out on VOD or PVOD I don't even think this is premium VOD. I think this movie is just VOD. We both agree that this movie could be more successful than it deserves because it's coming out on VOD, basically. But the thing is, because it's coming out on VOD, means it might actually come out. It might actually come out, yeah, exactly. Because I, I think, like we were saying with Tenet, it got pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. I know it doesn't even have a release date. I mean, the list of movies that have been pushed back or taken off the release schedule is just endless at this and stage Avatar now. And Avatar now has been pushed back yeah. by a year. Mulan, this is a big deal for Disney. Yeah. I think they spent like $200 million on that. Doesn't have a release date. Doesn't now. show either. It's crazy. When I watch the trailer. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but uh, we're gonna do a straight to series competition that I didn't tell Ian about. Oh, uh, are we? Uh, yeah, we are. We're gonna do it, and it's with regards to the Bill and Ted trailer. For anyone who listens to this podcast, I want you to write into us and tell us the ending of the movie. Watch the trailer. Watch the trailer and tell us how the movie ends. So. Connor watched I won't give it away, but Connor yeah. watched the trailer and he said to me today, I hadn't watched it yet. We yeah. watched it together then. He said to me, I, I think I know how the film ends. Yeah. And then we were both watching the trailer and you said to me, tell me how, how the film ends. Yeah. I think a minute and 50 seconds minute into 50 the trailer. Se- trailer hadn't finished and he went, I know how the movie ends. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And that was the same idea yeah. that you had. Yeah. We were so insane. So if you write in and tell us how this movie ends and you agree with us, we will give you a shout out on the next episode we'll, of the podcast. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And we'll give you a hint. Yeah. It's cool to be woke these days. Yeah. It's real cool to be woke these days. Samara Weaving is great and other actress <laughs> <laughs> Jesus I don't her know her name, name. Yeah. I love Samara Weaving me too she's amazing everyone should check out Ready or Not by the way uh, great movie awesome well I haven't seen that but I've seen no you've seen Ready or oh, Not no, it's Ready or Not that I've seen yes it is Ready or oh. Not's the one about hide and seek Your Next is the one you're thinking of sorry that's yeah what you that's it. Ready or Not is excellent also check out Your Next that's another great film so, unrelated to Samara yeah. Weaving Bridget Lundy Payne Bridget Lundy Payne what's she been she's in she's the other girl the yeah. other daughter. Other daughter, yeah. She's at uh, Ted's daughter. Been in daughter. very few things. Downsize and action... Oh, downsize Action Point. I've seen Action Point. Yeah, with... Uh, uh, Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville. Both of them were massive bombs, though. Yeah. Even the Glass Castle, oh, bomb as well. So Bombshell? Be... What's that? I don't know. Is that... Oh! oh it's a female movie. She played one of their daughters, guarantee you. <laughs> guarantee you, with a bullet. So, yeah, Bill and Ted. Now, sounds like it's actually definitely coming out. I know that I still... Like there's, I'm still skeptical. Yeah. But no, I do think this is going to come out because it's coming out on P- PVOD. And here's the thing, I don't think it matters if it's good or not. No. Like I mean, of course I want it to be good, and of course I'm going to watch it because there's a content drought right yeah. now. So I'm, I'm definitely going to dip into it, mm. and I think we should actually do a review of the whole trilogy. Oh that yeah, would be fun. that sounds great. Especially since I've kind of seen Bill and Ted one and two, but yeah. vaguely as a kid. I've seen Bogus Journey, but not one. Okay. Excellent adventure Excellent and adventure. bogus journey, yeah. yeah. So I think we, we could review all three of them awesome. and see how they kind of line up together. I sprung the contest on you. You sprung that on me and I like it. Yeah, I think we it... sprung each other. Ooh. Well, well, well. And off air, we will spring yeah. again. Gilbert! Uh, <laughs> so 
I don't think yeah, I don't think it matters. I think it's just it's a luxury that we're getting a sequel. Yeah. And it's like even though I don't remember the films, the original two films, mm. I don't think they have this prestigious air to nah, them. You know, it's not like, really. oh my god, you can't dilute this franchise, you know? Well, you made an excellent point that these this happens all the time and there's like plenty of examples. Like the one we first came up with was Anchorman Two, you know? Anchorman One is still a gem of a film. Just don't watch Anchorman it's Two. It's yeah. a classic. And Anchorman t- Anchorman Two tries. Yeah. There's moments, but does it matter that it falls flat? Nah, not really. Not really. It doesn't take away from the original film. Dumb and Dumber Two. It's the exact same Whatever, thing. Whatever, like twenty five years later. Even the Dumb and Dumber prequel. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really matter if no. they're good or not. It's it's a luxury that we're getting them. Let's dip into them. Yeah. Oh, it's not that good. Whatever. Zoolander it doesn't tarnish two. the brand. No, it doesn't tarnish it. Not not really. It's anyway. almost like there shouldn't be a brand, so it doesn't matter. It tarnishes for all of the time it's in cinemas where everyone's like, man, that's a terrible movie. And then a year passes and you go, man, I really want to watch Zoolander again. What a great movie. Yeah, so Zoolander 2 is god-awful. Yeah. It's god-awful. Dumb and Dumber 2. Does it dilute Zoolander 1? Nah, mm-hmm. not Doesn't really. Matter. It doesn't really care. matter. Yeah. I really don't care. Yeah, so Bill and Ted, uh, it can be terrible. And, uh, but I hope it's not. Yeah, exactly. I'm and trying to be positive about it. I think the trailer looks like it's middle of the road. Yeah. It could be good. It could be bad. I had yeah. like one legitimate laugh in the trailer. Yeah. Enter the Straight to Series competition. Everyone. How does it end? How, how does Bill how and does Ted face the music end? Watch the trailer. Tell us how it ends. Boom. That's that's the competition. Perfect. Um, and we've we seen one other thing. New Mutants. New Mutants. The first two minutes of New Mutants. Hey, that still exists. Yeah. Guess what? It's coming out. Is it? Is it though? We've seen the first two minutes, which means it's a real movie. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Plus, just for at least. Just yeah. take just it. Just stream it. Yeah. You need the content. Yeah. We don't need that movie. Disney. Dis- Let's just yeah. meet in the middle, baby. It's like in uh, in Breaking Bad when Walter has to go to the crack house to get Je- Jesse. It's like, go in there and get new mutants out of that Fox crack <laughs> yeah, house. <exactly. laughs> it's sitting there twitching in the corner and he's like making sure it doesn't swallow its tongue and, and it's bringing it out. And Josh Boone foolishly said I, I'd like to see this as a trilogy Kevin Feige I can't fucking ha hold my beer <laughs> we'd all like to make trilogies Josh said, wouldn't we yeah. why not make it a, a, a shared cinematic why not universe why make it a shared universe <laughs> <laughs> these yeah. boys think they can do what I do yeah exactly he turned into like a southern gentleman all of a sudden Josh Boone oh, well we'd all like to be making <laughs> trilogies wouldn't we Josh it's just not possible uh, yeah I mean look the first two minutes were fine it was okay the, do you know what when i watched the first two minutes i was like why are we watching the first two minutes yeah. it wasn't great enough you know that way? yeah your feet went up on the table i've never seen them more and I, I, by the way i should say ian adopted the pose that new mutants is meant to be watched I was just in. watching it yeah. like this going yeah. what, what are we doing i don't give a fuck what are we doing what today? are we doing here this is why this movie should not be put out in cinemas you can't do this in a yeah. movie theater i i do feel badass though yeah and i bet you new do. mutants Throw it out on Disney+. Throw it out. Uh, and then there's another release trailer that came out, a uh, teaser trailer clip. that came out. A clip, teaser, and... It was a, a clip. It's not great either. No, 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 oh. no. Sorry, I meant of New Mutants. Well, no. Oh, you know the I'm teaser thinking... trailer we watched? I know what you're thinking of. Yeah. Uh, Project Power got a clip. Sorry, yeah, there was yeah. a new trailer and there was the first two minutes. Yeah, and it's not great. It's not great. But... I don't care about this movie. Neither do I. But I do care about that poster posse poster. That Poster Posse poster is amazing. It is. We should give props to Poster Posse for that poster. Yeah, and they follow us on Instagram, so if you can't find them, even though they're called Poster Posse, so yeah, just check I them mean. out. They, are, they, they commission art from all these other different amazing graphic artists. Yeah. Uh, 
they're just excellent their body of work is just fantastic and we're always constantly posting their their work on our i guess what instagram yeah story. instagram story there. all the time yeah. <laughs> i got that sentence you out. gotta check it out and go peruse the poster posse profile mm. on instagram really do it the best thing i've seen about this movie so far is their poster yeah That's exactly a, a pretty do you know what? it's not even a big compliment it's not but here's the thing the clip wasn't exciting the trailer wasn't exciting that poster it's like oh maybe there's oh, some quality okay. in here and anna taylor anna taylor joy her costume excites me yeah it's pretty cool yeah excites my midriff a guy kind of said he's like man that was hot and i'm like yes that was hot. that was hot that was and hot she is hot she is hot and magic uh, playing colossus's sister mm, yeah so Shouldn't be Furiosa because we have a Furiosa. We have a perfectly she good. is excellent. Her name is Charlize Theron, and maybe she should make that movie instead, instead of, of the Guard Two. Two. I knew where you were going. Hey, with that. world! We know what's up, and it's not a good movie. Yes, we know it's it's an average movie. I don't know why the rest of the world doesn't see that, but whatever. Um, we kind of touched on it, but the the clip of uh, Project Power also came out, and it's the clip of Joseph Gordon-Levitt being shot in the head. Right in the head. It's cool. Looks Pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Again, content route. Yeah. It's exciting. It's coming to Netflix soon. Oh, August like 14th. Is it? Boom. Locked in there. Yeah. I'm is pretty it sure August it's August 14th. 14th. That's my yeah. sister's birthday. Is it? Aw, yeah. happy birthday. Oh, yeah, August 14th. Yeah, August well 14th. done, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited about this movie. And uh, if it that clip is any indication, and hopefully not the best part of the movie, then it looks so like this Bob. movie could be fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm excited for it. It's, yeah. a, it's a Netflix movie, so like, hey, cool. Yeah. Give me it. Yeah. You know? And... Jamie Foxx just being pure Jamie Foxx. Yeah. He couldn't be cooler. And again, like we said in the thing, Joseph Gordon-Levitt back as, back as a cop is for some reason so exciting. And he's got a slightly more haggard look to him. Just yeah. slightly because, hey, he's 10 years older from Inception. And he's popping... Or- or eight years older from yeah. playing a cop in, in Dark Knight Rises. And he's popping power pills in this, so of course he's a bit aged, yeah, you know? Baby. Yeah, baby. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Me too. Um, I think that should be the end of the episode. Except for one thing. Oh, we got... We punk got uh, Hunk and Skunk. Jeez, we've been... Oh, well, okay. Um, Hunk. What? It, two great movies. Yeah. I, I don't think Inception should win a Hunk. No, no, but I don't even want to give it to Scott Pilgrim vs. No, the World. Neither. Can we give it to Michael Sarah? Yeah, let's give it to Michael Sarah. For his physical dominance? Yeah. Like, the geek, he, win, he wins the geek war. You know what I mean? He does. He totally does. Give him a sword that's on fire, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I totally buy you as a badass hero. Even though I do want to give it to Ramona Flowers. But yeah. no, Michael Sarah, because it's great to see a, a, a dorky dude like him. Yeah. And I, don't, I mean that with respect. Oh, like, totally. It's Michael Sarah. He's pretty He knows awesome. what he's like. You yeah. know, he's a cool guy. But he can throw down, and yeah. I believe it. That's Me what's too. cool about it. I believe it. I can... Be- for whatever reason, I believe like he can throw down with Chris Evans and his stunt team. The second is that the movie's so good that it yeah. makes me believe that. The second he starts fighting, I'm like, oh, okay, I buy this. Okay, and when he headbutts a dude, oh, it's awesome. Matthew Patel, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, I'm in. KOs him. KO. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to give Hong to the entire cast of Scott Pilgrim, but if we're to boil it down to one person, Michael Sarah Scott Pilgrim yeah. is a great choice. Skunk. <sighs> Who'd you give it to? Hmm. Uh, to the ending of Bill and Ted 3. The ending of Bill and Ted 3. <laughs> no, we can't kind of do that, well, like, can we? maybe they do it well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unlikely. Maybe, no, unlikely. Unlikely, unlikely. Uh, Who should you give it to? Hmm. There's got to be a good skunk this has been there. a positive episode. Yeah, it has. The positive juices were flowing. They really have been. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, mm, uh, 
I see. I want to give it to New Mutants, but like yeah. it's too easy of a target. I know, I know. It's like kicking. Can a we dog. give it to Josh Boone for wanting the trilogy? Yeah, let's give it to Josh Boone for being Fucking foolish. Know your place, man. Yeah, know your place, Josh. You're not getting the trilogy. Yeah. You're a human footstool for Kevin Feige. Okay, <laughs> that's what you are. Yeah. When you ask for uh, PPE, he throws you a gift mask. He's like, "Fuck <laughs> off, mate." Josh, <laughs> Kevin Feige. I got like, a toilet for you to clean. Kevin Feige. And sitting. Josh Boone could be a great filmmaker. He could. I mean, we've never haven't seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, but Kevin, Kevin Feige's sitting there smoking a cigar, and he's like. You're lucky your little indie flick is coming out at all. And he's flicking his cigarette. He's flicking his cigarette. And he's like, him. it is coming out? Yeah. It is coming out. He's like, get back to scrubbing the floor. Go back mate. to editing those first two minutes, Josh. They're not up to snuff. <laughs> Josh Footroboon is what yeah, he calls him. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll give it to him for being <laughs> foolish. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, sorry, Josh. That's an undeserving skunk, but. But I don't care. We stand by it. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to series stands by its honking skunk picks. Uh, and on that note, we're going to go eat Gilbert Grape. So yeah. see you guys later. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. Take a bite of his apple. Hell yeah. Bye, guys.